everyone, and welcome back for a second consecutive week of Ollie's at the Wheel, or whatever the fuck we're going to be calling this show. But um, joining me today is the Scotty Pippen to my Michael Jordan, the Bebe to my Anderson. It is Nathan. Nathan, my friend, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm just imagining an NBA fan listening, hearing that, like, those legendary NBA players, and they'd be like, Bebe to Anderson, it's like the equivalent. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah, they're, they're, they're the LeBron James of, of soccer in, like, 2008. <laughs> Anderson has, like, three Premier League winning medals. Yeah, money's just Bebe as well. He's he's like at least one, doesn't he? God, I don't even think he was there long enough. We're getting right into it. It's just into the yeah. football. We're bringing you really up to date topical references, Absolutely. like Bebe. <laughs> did, did you know he he's still going Bebe? He plays for Real Rayo Vallecano. Yeah, and he has he has I think ten shots per game, and all of them are from like twenty yards out. Bebe it's... does not have a Premier League winner's medal, but he did win the, the Portuguese League in 2014-2015. He just didn't play because we did win the league. God, he was there for four seasons, but he only played two, <laughs> two oh games. <laughs> you know what? Good on him, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, oh, seven games, sorry. I was only looking at league. Uh, why is I mean, he so memorable? I think it's the name. And I think, in fact, what, you paid like 30 mil for him? Was it? Surely not in 2010. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, sure. We paid 7.4, according to this Wikipedia article. Oh, but that is like, what Bebe what. would genuinely cost 30 mil today. Yeah. I mean, he'd still be a better signing than Nicolas Pepe. Um, so, you know what? Actually, I, 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 don't, I don't even know about that. Um, also, just <laughs> a, a side note. I, I, I just noticed that this just came up on my LinkedIn, ladies and gentlemen. Per Mertesacker is on LinkedIn. All that and he's got a really funny joke about Nat is it Nacho <laughs> Monreal? <laughs> it's really clean out. <laughs> it's like I don't know how relevant that is, but you know what, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, let's get really topical. Nacho Monreal <laughs> retired um either during the, this week or last week. He did, yes. Fantastic player, I have to say. Yeah, he's like six two, but he's mini Peter Crouch. Is he really six two? I thought he was like five eight or something. I've got no idea. I just made that up. All oh, right. I just love retention. <laughs> he he just looks like a, a normal dude. Yeah, he, does, he really does look like Peter Kraft, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, he's 5'10". Five, 5'10 ten. Five, ten and a half, apparently. So he would tell people he's six foot. <laughs> of course he's. He, he, he's a guy. <laughs> Guys are always taller than what they claim. If, you, if, you, if you're five foot, you're five five. You know, that's, just, that's just how it works. You, you, you'd have to ask Reese for that. Um, Did you... Um... I don't know what your what your relationship status is, Liam, but when you're on dating sites, how tall do you say you are? I I actually give my actual height, you know, which is um which is seven foot. Um. Imagine <laughs> 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 if you actually were seven foot. Well, you know, I'm six foot tall and then I have a twelve inch cock, so you know, it, it, I just it adds up. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, if I ever need to stand on it, but you know, I can. Power of math. That's uh, it. I don't know where. I don't know how this conversation has gone here. Um, it's supposed to be about football, but um, I, you know what? Some footballers probably have a long cock as well. So you know what? I'm saying it's relevant. Who was it? Did William Saliba just show someone's cock when he was on loan at Saint Etienne? Yeah, I remember. I think it's like was his mate having a wank or something? Yeah, it's like next to him in the changing room. Or something. Yeah. It's a weird video. You can probably find that on Pornhub. Yeah, on, on sites which probably aren't suitable for work. Um, and now he's starring in the Premier League. And uh, nice. I mean, we, we, we're going to come on to it later. So um, I'm going to share that conversation for now. But in terms of our weeks, in terms of, you know, our football teams, it's been a pretty good week. And quite surprisingly, I think for Man United, it's been a very, very good week. Is it weird that I was more surprised that you beat Bournemouth than we beat <laughs> Liverpool? <laughs> We should, probably, should we should we tell people where Reese is? So Reese is dead. Reese is dead. Yeah, he yeah. He, he um the, the grief set in after Carl's death. Yeah. And, um, he's like the um whatever what the the those bugs that once they mate they then die immediately. What spiders? Yeah, yeah. He's he's like that. So his girl his girlfriend ate him after positive pregnancy test. Hmm. Yeah, and she she ate me as I I can't say that. 
you to fucking kill me. Um, yeah, congratulations for him getting a, you know, have it, making a baby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, know. sorry, we will have his baby on the podcast in 12 years' time. Absolutely. We, we still haven't had Beth on. I've, I've been begging for her to come on the call, but um, he just doesn't allow me to talk to her. Well, now that he's dead, we can probably talk to her. Yeah, I mean, she's single, so, um, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good week. This is why Reese hosts and I don't. <laughs> so, all right. So, Man United 2, Liverpool 2. Um, yeah, weirdly, this was a surprise, but it also kind of wasn't. Because... Let me just interrupt quickly. It was actually 2-1. I, I said I said, I said two one. You said two two. No, I said, I said two one. Excuse excuse me, sir. I think I said two one. All right, maybe maybe you are right, but I'm gonna pretend that you weren't. Okay. Um, so yeah, two one to Man United. Um, I mean it's weird because you always seem to turn up when you kind of need to most. You know, even when even when you're playing absolutely awfully, which you have been recently. Um, and do you think the crowd at Old Trafford has helped you out a little bit? It could have gone. It really could have gone either way, and I don't want to just steal Gary Neville's entire analysis of the game, but he said the same same thing that I'm about to say, which is that given the situation at Old Trafford with the mass protests that happened like hours before the game, there were protesters against the Glazers there. The stadium chants, again, were very anti-Glazers. Um, some of the chants, I just want to say, went way, way, way over the line. Mm. Um, I understand the sentiment and the hate for for the owners but some of the stuff that was getting chanted was ridiculous um and but if liverpool had scored early i think the crowd would have it would have been like a bloodbath yeah and I, like, metaphorically speaking it would have been a bloodbath yeah. <laughs> i mean, maybe physically i mean jesus christ you, you wouldn't put it past some fans really but man man united turned up from minute one to, to the last minute there was intensity there was all that promise of how uh, Ten Hag's Ajax played there was all of that there with the fast press and the high energy Sandro Martinez played like a man who is allowed to lie about his height and say he's six foot <laughs> like he, he was an absolute monster Varane as well Fantastic. controlling things you kind of got almost the Ferdinand Vidic thing of you just got the butcher in Martinez, uh, more of sort of Vidic's line of tackling, and then the calm, composed, good on the ball, right positioning, really Rolls Royce of a defender in Varane. Um, but then other unexpected heroes, like the new kid at left back, who, is it Malakia? However, you say his name. I think Manassia. Yeah, he was. Pirate Manassia. He was incredible. Like mm. everything that Luke Shaw is meant to be. Uh, was there but yeah the energy was there which helped the protest didn't stop like the chanting didn't stop but it's almost like they blocked it out Ten Hag got unprepared for what they were going to walk into and Liverpool just didn't show up though as good as Man United were I think Liverpool were equally bad yeah which I think we'll uh, we'll come onto in a second but I mean for me it felt like this was war for you guys this felt like a siege they had this mentality where they're like Okay, we know our game plan and we need to fucking win this. We need to put our like lives on the line. And you know, that's the kind of situation that someone like Martinez describes in because he loves he loves the defending. I mean, you, you know, there's still some questions slightly about the aerial ability, even though I think it's a bit harsh. Well, he hasn't he hasn't lost an aerial duel this season. And I know we're, we're talking three games, but like he he's been much better than people been saying. Like, I think a lot of the fault for the defensive frailty lies in the midfield. And then mm. it lies with Harry Maguire. Like, Harry Maguire's positioning is awful and has been for some time. Uh, whereas if you put someone that can actually help Martinez out a bit, then suddenly you get that. I think Scott McTominay played really well for a guy that just gets constantly crapped on. Mm. He, was, he was excellent. And having Ericsson further back. And this is a time... We, McTominay presumably is now going to get dropped for bloody Casemiro. I mean, it's a weird thing with uh, McTominay because I I don't think he's necessarily a, a CDM, at least a modern one. I think he's a bit more of like a box to box player because he's he's so good at 
I would say dribbling with with the ball, but you know, getting forward and getting into the box and arriving late. He's just a bit of um. He feels like he should be a CDM, but I don't think he exactly is. So I'd be intrigued to see what his position is in the team going forward. I think it's going to be sat on the bench, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I don't. Think, I don't think he'll play. I think he'll play cup games. He'll play Europa. I don't. I can't imagine he's going to do a lot of starting in the league coming up, um, unless there's injuries. Uh, but I like Scott. I think I said it last week that some of these players they're good Premier League players, but they're not great Premier League players. And that's what United sides like United should be looking at is great Premier League players, and stop just giving so much sentiment to guys like McTominay just because presumably because he, he came from the academy he gets kind of away with things a little bit. But I don't think he's up to the level. And mm. sometimes he is like he he's one of those ones. That sometimes he just looks unbelievable. Because um, he's quite good positioning-wise, like intercepting and getting the ball back. But he's just got really nothing. He doesn't do anything great, but he does a lot of things well. Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest problem for him, um, and this is you know, as Ten Hag, you know, he's a he's a position he's a positional play manager, and if he's going to be involved in build-up play, I think he needs to be more available for the ball. Because I remember last season he used to be shadowed an awful lot by a lot of the forwards. You know, he, he wouldn't really try and move out and make himself, himself available for a pass. Which I guess is why Ericsson has come so deep. Um, but maybe he can improve on that. I mean, now he's the right coach and maybe he can develop. But um, I, I want to ask you a question. Mm. Um, obviously, there's a lot of positives in this match. Um, what, 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 what pleases you the most about this result? I think just the desire. Like, I didn't think we were going to win. Like at all, I thought we were probably going to get destroyed because I expect after watching the first half an hour against Brentford, you were like, this entire squad is toxic mm. and he's doomed. And then the lineup came out, and I was like, okay, Rashford up top, really. Alanga coming in, good, very good player, but still young. Like it kind of felt like the Rangnick thing towards the end when results were going so bad that he was just playing Alanga and random people in the hope to get a performance out of him. Mm. Um, but I was pleased to see some of the changes. That kind of like, okay, Varane's in there. Maguire's been dropped. Shaw has been dropped. They've been awful. Um, so I think just the desire and the willingness, and actually to see what Eric is trying to do with the squad. Like the the players are they aren't as bad as as the results make them look. They can play football. I think Eric himself said it after on live TV. It was like they can play fucking good football. Like, mm. They obviously can do it. <laughs> like it's just getting a performance out of these guys. Um, so I think, yeah, the desire and the fight really was what pleased me the most. Even if we lost the game, if we played as well as we did, I'd have been like, oh, right, there actually is something here. We've just gone toe-to-toe with a much more recently successful side. Um, but the way we swarmed over Liverpool in midfield as well, mm. they, they, the midfield did not look good on paper. The Liverpool one with Harvey Elliott, um, James Milner, and Jordan Henderson was like, and it wasn't at all <laughs> and it was not good like the, the it fell to bits at times like Liam it was DMing DMing me constantly like they need to bring Fabinho on they have mm. to bring Fabinho on and you were right because when Fabinho came on I thought Liverpool were better I don't know why he didn't start because I, I like excuse me Henderson when he plays in, I was like because I think he played in the centre of midfield in this game and usually he plays on the right so he can cover for Trent's forays forward but he, he was in the centre this time, and Trent and particularly Gomez, they just got exposed so often down that left. I, I mean, also, I mean, fair play to, um, I can't remember who left winger was at the time, but obviously him and Rashford, they, they, they targeted that, you know, that right-hand side of Liverpool because they knew they can get joy there. They knew they can get space and, you know, the space between the centre-backs and between Alexander-Arnold was just, it was... It was like a chasm. Oh, it really was. The runs we were able to make, they played exactly into our hands. We were always going to play on the counter-attack with that lineup. Mm. And then just every time we went forward, Rashford was amazing. Yeah. And the sp- you're right, the space that was there to exploit. Like Van Dijk had a bad time. He had a particularly bad time in the Sancho goal where he just stood, he just froze. Like I've ne- never seen Van Dijk do that before. Like where he just seemed... He- sort of thought he was a goalkeeper for a minute or something yeah and yeah he just stood still but he was not helped by the midfield 
it was almost like it was reversed. Everything that you thought was going to happen to United actually happened to Liverpool, where there was n- there was no real runs in them. The space between the midfield and the, the centre-backs was gigantic. Everyone mm. was just falling out and screaming at each other. I think everyone's probably seen the Milner Van Dyke clip. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, so, I don't know what happened, but everything just reversed. But saying that, and it's all about the follow-up now. Yes. Because it's all right to do this against Liverpool, but Southampton at the weekend away, that's not going to be an easy game. Southampton are a very good side. Um, they've beaten us recently, so has everyone, to be fair. And um, if we don't then convincingly win this game, it doesn't matter that really that we beat Liverpool, other than there's a bit of banter to be had. Hmm. So, so this is so this is this kind of brings me on to my second question because when I was watching the match, I uh, I looked at the two goals specifically. You know, the first one felt very much like a Ten Hag goal. You know, they they switch it from the right very quickly to the left and then back into the middle. You know, they're pulling Liverpool all over the pitch. But the first goal, actually, no, I, I think it was sorry, it was the second goal. It reminded me almost a little bit of of Solskjaer. You know, a bit, a bit of a counter attack going quite direct. I remember when he first came in, Solskjaer, you're really good at counter attacking and just being very direct with your speed. Um, so, do, do you think Ten Hag's being like pragmatic, or do you think this is a way forward for him? And and should he be pragmatic just to kind of get a result like for a few uh, games at least? It depends on the opposition. Like the counter attacks there, that's why you've got players like Sancho, Elanga, and Rashford on the pitch, especially when you've got two, um, the ability, the passing ability of Ericsson and Bruno. Mm. Like you're always going to have that quick transition into the counter-attack and the speed that those three have up front is frightening. Um, and then when you bring on Martial as well, I think Martial came on for Alanga by that point. Um, yeah, you get you just got to be adaptable. It's no good having that plan A, we can only score goals in this way. Um, if the chance comes to hit on the counter-attack, yes, get the ball out to Rashford and Sancho and Martial, Alanga, players like that. Get them on the ball and let's just run at these guys because defenders like nothing less than people sprinting at them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Southampton's going to be interesting because, I mean, they are more of like, they are, they are a pressing team just like Liverpool. Um, I mean, Liverpool weren't particularly great at pressing this game, but it didn't matter because you went long. And I mean, I think that suits De Gea a lot more because he's not very comfortable with uh, the build-up, you know, the yeah. short passes. Um, and well, I guess South, play Southampton are going to let us have the ball as well, whereas Liverpool, I think Liverpool had 60-something percent possession. Mm. Um, that's going to get reversed on Saturday, you would imagine. And we'll have the ball 60% of the time, which is what's happened in the first two games where we had like 70% possession against Brighton and against Brentford. Um, but we just didn't do anything with it, which seems bizarre when you've got guys that I've mentioned already, Christian Eriksen, Bruno Fernandes, Sancho, those guys on the pitch who can break sides down. So we need to see that. You're on about a Ten Hag approach. We now need to see that this weekend because we will have the ball 60 70% of the time. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, you said earlier, I think the follow-up is just as important as this Liverpool game. And, you know, it's not as big of an occasion. You know, you're not, you're not at home. You don't have the protests all around you. and You've had this result now. But I think you really need to get the second... You need to get the second win. You need to build up wins. And hopefully you can you can get something going. Because I think, I think that'd be very important. It's all about momentum, really. And yeah, early kickoff on a Saturday, just sort of five days removed um, mm. from the Liverpool game, then going away to the South Coast. Um, Tough ground well. Yeah, they're all posh wankers down there. So <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to... Um, the sea air in our faces... Uh, but we will have someone like Casemiro at time of recording did train today. Uh, so he's going to be in the squad. I doubt he'll start, although he is coming in fit because he's been playing for Real Madrid and mm. he just looks good in a suit. Uh, so, it's yeah, it's massive. I think it's as important as the Liverpool game. Liverpool game is important for different reasons. It's Liverpool. Like it's, a, it's probably the biggest derby English football has still. Uh, yeah. So, but... If we then lose against Southampton, did it really matter? Like, not really. <laughs> other than uh, other than the fact we're out of the relegation zone. Yeah, which you know, good for you. Um, so actually, it's last thing actually on on United before I, I want to talk briefly about Liverpool. Um, 
So Anthony is rumoured to come in for, I think, 80 million, I believe. Yeah, um, that's the figure getting battered around. What, what, what do you make of this signing? Because, I mean, you have Sancho. You spent a lot of money him on, on him on the right. You also have Alanga, who likes to play, I think, mostly on the right. Um, I, I, do you think this is, uh, like, a necessary move? I mean, he's obviously a player that Ten Hag knows very well. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think a, a right-back is more needed than a right-winger. I think we have been looking at right-backs as well. Like, apparently approaches for guys like Benjamin Pavard from Bayern have been turned down and there's deals to be had. I think it it is an important one because it's a player that the manager wants. He's a new he's a new manager so getting the players he wants. Mm. Like the figures getting battered around a there were obviously it's inflated. Like it, that's just what football is these days. Like sadly I think eighty million is kind of what thirty million used to be. Like yeah. really, um, the it's obviously going to be an inflated figure. I think people put too much importance on the money because you're not paying what a player's worth. You're paying what the player's worth to the club plus interest. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good sign. He's going to add another string to United's bow. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Ronaldo, but Ronaldo is 38, as good as he is, as godlike as he is. Um, does he fit into the way that? Ten Hag wants to play the Liverpool game would suggest not right? mm. so is he just going to be an option on the bench or, or what I doubt he'll be happy to sit there the entire time but I don't know get if you've got a new manager you've got to give him the players that he wants you've got to try and make the deals that he wants to happen so we've tried two big ones in Frankie de Jong that's looks to have kind of fallen down for various reasons so yeah make the offer give Eric what he wants back him because that's what United haven't done since Ferguson left because we've not not backed the manager at all Where, I think mm. yeah so get get him the players that he wants if he wants Anthony yeah get him he can play he can play through the middle Rashford showed he can play there as well and you've got quite a scary sort of forward line plus Liam if we get Anthony we've mm. got Anthony Langer oh, Jesus Anthony Martial and Anthony Wow, that's that would be a, the you, only front three I would play. You know, what? I'd love to see it just just for that fact. Um, I just yeah. think it ha- well, it maybe would happen. You know, I think Alanga would probably end up going on loan in January if he comes in. Um, but it does it does beg the question of like what is going to happen with Ronaldo? He's obviously tried to leave, but no one wants him, which is, is crazy to say. No one can. Aff- I think I reckon it's probably no one can afford him more than nobody wants him. I mean, Chelsea could afford him, but I don't think Tuchel really wants him. No, it's a complicated one. I think, well, yeah, it is a a really complicated one. But I think Chelsea's transfers lie elsewhere. They're throwing insane money just around the place for for whoever the fuck. Yeah. um, It's a really, really funny one. We we Uh, can do with Chelsea at the end because it's quite funny to just talk about them. (laughs) Yeah, it it is. yeah, should we touch on Liverpool briefly and then get on to the give give you some time to gush about Arsenal? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's I mean, three three games about to win for Liverpool. You know, only two points so far. I I remember someone saying that the game against you was, you know, it was a relegation battle, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, but I mean, they, they, there's there's a lot of problems going on. You know, Nunes is still banned. The midfield is a bit of a mess. You know, they, they they don't seem to have the right balance at the moment, and then that's affecting you know Trent, who doesn't have any cover and isn't particularly good at defending. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I do wonder if Matip played, how the game would have been. Maybe not a huge amount of difference, but I think Gomez and Trent together w- without cover from Henderson, I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a dodgy one. It, 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 what do you think is the biggest problem for Liverpool at the moment? I think it's the midfield as well as they just looked a bit leggy mm. against us. Like it's weird. We talk about we when you think of Liverpool, you think high energy pressing from first minute to last minute control of the ball and just an endless fight. Whereas it wasn't really there. Like they ran significantly less than us, which seems to be the go to start at the minute is to look at how far teams have run. Um, but somebody sent me like a, 
a screen grab as well of one of their sides from 2018 and it was a game against Leicester and there were only two changes from that lineup to the lineup against United um the only t- players that were missing were were Wijnaldum and Mane but otherwise they those guys started and they were replaced with I think Luis Diaz and Harvey Elliott mm. like that was four years ago like, and I know it's there's something to be said for having a tight-knit group but I think they really need a sort of dynamic midfielder to come in. Um, I think Navi Keiter is is good, but he's never available. Yeah, I think he's probably gonna. If he's if, he, if he's not gone this summer, I think he's probably gone the next one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Fabinho's he, he's aging. You know, Thiago is, is he's not a spring chicken. Nevis Henderson. Um, I mean, I think in terms of attacking midfield spot, I think Elliot and Carvalho are pretty reasonable additions, but. Um, I mean, I think they missed out, you know, on Camavinga this, this summer. I think that would have really, I would have really helped them. And I, I wonder if, you know, you see all these rooms about Bellingham maybe next summer. I mean, that seems like a really good fit. But it does. Oh. I just wonder about now, because if they're going into mm-hmm. the season, we look at their squad and if they're genuinely going to be looking at, at Milner uh, and sort of players like that to be starting. Um, I don't think they're in trouble at all, but I can't see them fighting for the title. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'm fishing for hot takes right now. <laughs> if, if the injuries stay like they are, say, until January, where do you think Liverpool finish? Oh, if the injuries stay the same as they are now, I think Liverpool will struggle for top four, like they did the season. Because it's a mirror of the season where we came second under Oli. Mm, the best where... one where Van Dijk broke his leg, right? Yeah, and the half the squad was unavailable all season, but they've just got a lot of players like that. Liverpool, like Oxley Chamberlain, is still there. He mm-hmm. just does. He's just never fit. Navi Keita is never fit. Matip is another one that's. Like, he has played a fair amount of games for Liverpool, Matip, but he does also seem to spend half the time injured. Right? And maybe I'm wrong about that, but it feels certainly feels that way. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I saw uh, like a squad depth chart early this week of all the people available and I think literally the midfield that they played I think and you know I think that is their midfield pretty much and it's only you know Fabinho on the bench so that's four midfielders for three midfield slots which is I mean that, that's that's pretty scary yeah, yeah. I mean Curtis Jones is, is Curtis Jones injured as well yeah I think he's injured but is he is Curtis Jones the sort of midfielder you want to be leaning on as a starting midfielder in a Champions League Premier League chase. And is, is he a midfielder? I mean, there's so many of these, there's so many of these players I could ask that question for. Is, is Elliot a midfielder? Is Jones a midfielder? You know, is Carvalho a midfielder? Oxley Chamberlain, we've been asking that question since he was at Arsenal. Is he a midfielder or is he a forward? Yeah. I, I don't quite know the answer. I mean, you could even say Milner had that question for a while, but it's obviously he's a midfielder now. Um, there's flexibility, but then you also need to have players who are like they have a primary position, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is for half of these players, and half not even available anyway. So, exactly. I mean, it's a it's an amazing squad mm. on paper, uh, but there is a lack of depth in midfield. So I don't know what their plans are for the rest of the window, but presumably they're looking for a kind of proper box to box midfielder to come in. Yeah. Um, and to get some of these bodies back because they are light on the ground at the minute. Um, our Liverpool, free, <laughs> no wins from the first three is bad. I mean, they're at home to Bournemouth this weekend, so we're all, ex- I think we can all expect a win there. But we so, look at the you? games after that and they're at home to Newcastle. Then it's the, the derby against Everton. Wolves, who are having a great start to the season, and then they're away to Chelsea. Right. The games come thick and fast, and it's all about momentum. That's what we talk about with United. It's about the follow-up. If they win this weekend and then go on a run, we'll all be sat here thinking, what were we ever worried about? Mm. Um, but if they don't win somehow this weekend as well, <laughs> although I can't see that against Bournemouth. That Bournemouth squad is poor. It's it's a must-win, which I think says a lot about where Liverpool are at at the moment. Um, I mean, just, I mean we, we know they can recover. Oh, of course. Like we're only three games into the season, but it's still it doesn't matter what point of the season you're at. It's three points, isn't it? So um, 
their saving grace probably was that City drew at the weekend. But if Liverpool lose again and then City get back on track, like you're already looking at kind of an insurmountable points difference because City are not going to slip up very often. Mm. Right. At all. I mean, City aren't even top of the table, so maybe I'm worrying about the wrong people. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> and it, I, all, I'm, I'm also, I'm just saying that, um, you know, City signed Calvin Phillips, a player we didn't even need this summer. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, like why, didn't, why didn't they go in, in for, for Calvin Phillips? I mean, we tried and Calvin Phillips told us he wouldn't go to United because he's too loyal to Leeds. So I mean, he went to Man City instead. <laughs> He's so loyal. I mean, there's no rivalry there between Man City, to be fair. But... No, it's just funny to say, um, oh, I, I would never go to them because I'm always going to be loyal to Leeds. Yeah, yeah. But also I'm leaving. <laughs> if you let me go, no, no, babe, I'd never cheat on you with them. Except. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this is why the two of us aren't, aren't, aren't together. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, moving on to that, moving on to something that feels so good to say, and I never thought that. We're moving on to Arsenal, and my God, it just feels good at the moment. I mean, we we might even lose next the next game, but I don't even care. You know, it, at the moment Arsenal are flying high. We had an absolutely comprehensive win against Bournemouth. I mean, winning at Bournemouth. Is I think it was expected, but the way we I think it's the way we won, which is quite exciting. Um, I, did 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 you watch this game? I watched I did watch the extended highlights. I didn't catch it. Um, mm. I didn't catch it live, but yeah, a a, a big win and an expected win really. All, all joking aside, but yeah, the way Arsenal are playing at the minute is exciting. It's full of energy. Everyone looks fresh. Uh, ready kind of for for, for a long season there's always question marks with Arsenal I mean they have been for what 20 years now Mm -hmm. Um, but everything looks pretty everything looks pretty pretty good uh, for them you got Fulham this weekend which will be I don't know if you would call it a test but Fulham are doing all right but they Mm. did just lose to Crawley in the EFL Cup So maybe it's not a test. Maybe not. I, I mean, you also are, are at home as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe not. But yeah, Arsenal look good. Jesus looks a, a bargain, or mm. Jesus. I never uh, thought I'd praise Jesus before, but, um, but there we are. Proving me wrong. <laughs> yeah, Saliba looks good as well. He's finally coming in and showing his quality after a couple of bizarre seasons on loan. Mm. Uh, and Odegaard looks amazing as captain. Somehow, Xhaka looks like a competent midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all going, and um, yeah, Zinchenko looked right at left back as well. It's, it's all it's all good. I do worry about Kieran Tierney because he he's a good good player, but he seems like he's going to mm. be frozen out. I mean, it, it'd be hard. I think it'd be harsh to drop to drop, drop Zinchenko at the moment. I think he's so. I think he's so important to how we actually wanted to play football. And I, to be honest, I never really thought much of him whilst he was at City. Because I always thought he's a bit vulnerable defensively. And I mean, in some ways he is. But my God, the, the, how much he adds to our midfield and our play is just... I, I think he's so underrated in, in terms of our team. Well, he was a 10. He played as a 10 before City bought him. Yeah. And then yeah, he, Pep moved him back to to midfield and then further back and then off the pitch and then off to Arsenal <laughs> he just kept moving him. <laughs> but, uh, no he doesn't he does look really really good so it's it's all it's all joy but with Arsenal I am expecting a dramatic fall any ah, no, 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 no. We, we, we don't need to hear this right now let us enjoy it man Jesus Christ just give me but, um, well one word on Grant Jacker something which I found quite funny um, so in his opening in these opening three games he has already equaled his highest total of goals and assists in the season. <laughs> of one. I, I, no, I, I, think he's, I think he's got like, I think he's got three assists and, and a goal, I think, maybe. I could be wrong. Oh, I don't know. But good good for him. What a guy. What a player. I wouldn't Honestly. want him at my club. But what a player. 
Hey, he's doing well for us, so I'm, I'm going to give him some credit whilst we can. Yeah. yeah, I know next week when he gets sent off for a double, for a two-footer, you know, then I'll then we cry about him. But for now, he's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just say a quick word on Bournemouth? Like, I'm glad they're back in the Premier League, and I like Bournemouth as a place. I spent a lot of time there. But goodness me, this squad is poor. It's not good, is it? It's really, really bad. I have I have no expectations of them staying up. Yeah, I they they're going. I think they're going straight down. And I mean, I I was worried coming into the game because I knew nothing about them, and I was like, this feels like a team which would surprise us. You know, they seem absolutely shocking, and they've been on, on a bad run of form. So I was like, oh god, maybe they'll win, they'll beat us. But no, they can't. They can't even beat Arsenal. They can't even make <laughs> Arsenal beat themselves. Like, how bad do you have to be to not even Arsenal, Arsenal? Um, oh, it's looking good. I mean, Fulham at home, Villa at home. Those are two sort of easy, easy-ish games, and then the big one, Liam. Mm-hmm. Old Trafford. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait because I, I mean, we're going to put in a better performance than Liverpool. Like, it's going to be hard not to. But I think it's such an interesting game for us and for you guys as well. It is going to be really, really interesting. Um, yeah, Arsenal looking good. Quick word on. On Aston Villa, who uh, are your game after? They are in trouble. CVG is in a world of problems. Yeah, is, is it, I don't know what I don't even know what's happened to them because I mean, has anyone even left Aston Villa for summer? Not that I know of, but I mean, three wins from their last ten league games. Jesus. Like, and even before, two of them were back-to-back, and before that, there were no wins in five, with mm. four losses. Like, how much time does Stevie G get? Because, no, I don't think anyone's significant has left Villa. They obviously lost Grealish last summer, but they brought in, like, Philip Coutinho, Emiliano Buendia. They've bought, they've invested as well, with, like, good coming in. Like, yeah, they've got really good players, but they're in a, a real, real sticky spell that doesn't look like it's going is going away anytime soon i mean i'm looking at the the forward options on the fantasy football and they have four forwards in the whole squad yeah i mean i mean that's not including coutinho and i guess buendia but man like it's that's uh, that's that's something (laughs) (laughs) it is something but i mean the forwards they've got they're they're goal getters, Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings. They can be. <laughs> Those are goal scorers. Those are proven sort of Premier League goal scorers. But I don't know what's going what's going wrong there. But if you're a Villa fan, let us know at Rogue Underscore Opinion. How wrong are we? Yes. About your squad. Um, you're at home to West Ham this weekend. Maybe that's the time to turn it around. West Ham bottom of the table. Mm, yeah, it's that, that's going to be. I mean, that, that, that's the most like depressing claret derby. Like you're definitely you're ever gonna see. These are surprising. It's like already a relegation scrap. <laughs> oh man. But whatever but um I'm not saying it brings me joy watching Stevie G suffer. Um But it's bringing me joy. But it's bringing me he's just not he's just not good enough for the Premier League, clearly. It's it's a weird one because I, I remember I mean there's always gonna be this debate about you know, Lampard and Gerard, and now it's going into the manager, you know, and... Who's worse? I, I, I honestly can't Gerard. tell. I mean, <laughs> Lampard, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they just they just saw Deli Alley, which is just bonkers. They're, they're learning him out to Besiktas with a £6 million, like option to buy clause, and they spent £40 million last year to bring him in. <laughs> it's like, how are you doing this? <laughs> They've got like one of the richest owners in the league. I know they're tied up by financial fair play and whatever else, but mm. like, come on. It, it, it won't be. He's their best midfielder. <laughs> he's not even a midfielder. He's a winger. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> it is bad. It's really bad. The Everton squad that looks thin on the ground. Anthony Gordon is apparently their star player. I'm pretty sure he didn't exist before last week. Mate, he probably wasn't even on FIFA last year. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I've never, like, before I saw a big come in, I knew of him because. I mean, he's good. Like, he's not he bad. He looks though. all right. Is he a £60 million striker for Chelsea? 
I mean, hey, if I'm, if I'm Everton, I'm taking that money. Like, you, you kidding me? I, I'm taking that to the bank. Have you seen that clip of when um, Ancelotti was at Everton and he got asked why he'd sold some random youth player and he just went, who? <laughs> like, I can't remember who it was now, which is not a joke. <laughs> can't. But I feel like it's that. Like, the bid came in. The Everton guy just went up and said, oh, um, we've got a £45 million bid for Anthony Gordon. I feel like Lampard looked up and went, who the fuck is Anthony Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're, and, you know, they're in trouble as well. Cause, I mean, is, is Calvert-Lewin going to play a game? Is he going to be fit for a game? No, it doesn't look good. It's I mean, they're playing Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin is such a good player, like, in, that, in those sort of two seasons, the 1920 and 2021 mm-hmm. season, where he was sort of banging in sort of 14, 15 goals a season in the league. I, uh, I wanted us to sign him. But he looks so... He's, yeah. They've, I mean, they've got injury problems with all, all their injuries are to kind of key players for them, like Ben Godfrey, Decore, Andre Gomez, Calvert-Lewin. They're all arguably starters. Mm. Um, so they're having to sort of play Solomon Rondon up front in 2022. <laughs> oh, man. What a joke. I Speaking think of jokes. Big um, Sam's going to be back soon. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they, they are a joke club. But, um, I mean, to, talking about one joke club to another, um, I, I wanted to touch on Spurs very briefly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that would just be awesome with me. But very, very, very interesting place at the moment, Spurs, I feel like. And, and I just want to touch on it briefly before we go on to the Patricks. Um, I mean, they drew against Chelsea, which I think was slightly a lucky result. Um, they won against Wolves. I mean, I mean, Wolves are playing decent, but I, I mean, it's not quite firing from, from them at the moment, but they're getting results. So they're in a very weird place because they're not as comprehensive as they were last year, scoring four and five besides the opening game. Um, I mean, what, what, is this a good thing for them that they're getting results and not playing well or should, should we be concerned about their performance levels? No, I don't think they were right. I think that's just the Conte, the Conte way. Like he, it's a lot. It's very scrappy. Um, usually, it's very fiery, almost like typically Italian, I guess, in a way. <laughs> like, um, but no, I wouldn't be too concerned as the Spurs. And they've brought in a fair few players. They're changing the way that they play. They've got goals in them, no matter how badly they're playing. And that's in, you can't put a price on that. Or oh, if you've got two players like Song, like Harry Kane, it really doesn't matter. You could be playing the worst game of your life, but you give them half a chance and it usually ends up in. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be worried as a Spurs fan. I still think they're going to be competitive. I don't think they're going to be lifting the title, but I think they're going to be tucked in nicely in that top four. Jeez, I fucking hope not. <laughs> With, uh, can you imagine your start to the season and Spurs end up winning the title? <laughs> oh my God, I would. You know what? I, I think I, I'd commit a felony. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm wouldn't be concerned about about Spurs. I think they're gonna probably have a pretty. I don't know how they'll do in the Champions League. That's going to be the interesting one for me, seeing how this Conte squad kind of looks when they're up against some of the biggest clubs in Europe. That's going to be really interesting for me. Yeah. So we we shall see. We shall see. What, what do mean, you as an Arsenal fan? Are you just going to tell me they're terrible? No, I mean it, it scares me that, um, that the game results are not playing well. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I think they 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 have been lucky to a certain extent. But they, you can't really argue with about the game results. I mean, Son Heung-min hasn't really been playing very well so far this season. And I imagine once he come, kind of comes into form, I think it'll all slot back in again um i don't know it's an interesting one because i mean they're bedding their signings in very very slowly you know i don't think spence i don't think has played at all yet um you know basum has only been coming on substitute appearances which is interesting considering that you know you you, you you're going to start hoiberg okay you know your funeral um <laughs> i don't know it, it's very it's very unusual I mean, I, you know, I, I suppose we'll see. I mean, I, I think they're very good signing, you know, and Fraser Forster's a decent backup. But, um, yeah, I, it's, it's weird. I mean, with Conte, it seems like everything kind of goes to shit in year two. <laughs> but it feels like the team has too much talent that they can completely collapse. But yeah, I've been wrong before, and I don't know if this is necessarily a sign that that is going to happen. But no, I, 
I don't think it will. I think he'll get his new signings bedded, like guys like Lenglet from Barcelona haven't really played yet. Mm. Uh, Eva Richarlison is a good attacking option to have. Perisic, I think, is an excellent signing. And they got the guys that they got in January in Kulisev, Kulisevsky yes. and uh, whoever that midfielder is, Benatcher or whatever he's called. Benatcher. Yeah, he's a good player. And they've been getting rid of the players that they don't want. Conte's just been freezing them out. Guys like Harry Winks apparently doesn't want him. Off he goes. I don't know where he ends up. Probably apparently somewhere in Italy is looking like. Um, I mean, he's a half-decent midfielder. There's just nothing particularly special about the way he plays. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they have skipped there, who basically is the same thing, and he's younger, so you might as well try and get somebody from him. Oh, but, my, um, my dog disagrees. Yeah, clearly he's he's, he's a big Harry Winks fan. <laughs> Gee, he's, that's the only shirt he'll buy. It's, uh, it says Winks on the back. Oh, my God. But um, I, I'm intrigued to see how, how they react after, like, because, I mean, they're going to have a, run, a pull on the games because, you know, every team does. You know, how are they going to react to defeats? Because I think last season, they struggled with that a little bit. And, I mean, so did we. So, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how the mentality has improved. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting because they obviously started the season last season with them. Um, started last season, rather, with um, Nuno Espirito Santos in charge. Mm. Uh, only for a cup of coffee. And then in comes Conte. So now that he's had a one January window and one summer, this is now a Conte side. So it's not just him trying to jam some of the wonky pieces that Spurs have into his philosophy. So it will be interesting. And, and yeah, it's always interesting to see how sides react to bad results. Like, Do they turn into United or do they get relegated? Yeah, I, 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 guess, I guess we'll see. But, um, I mean, yeah... I, I think once Sun kind of comes back into form, I think they're going to be scoring fours and fives again. So, you know, Spurs fans, yeah, I, I definitely have anything to worry about. But um, I guess with that, we might as well go to the Patricks. Uh, do, do, do you have one prepared, my friend? Or should I go first? Uh, I think you should go first, because honestly, I forgot this was a segment, and I gave it no thought. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You, you see how much we prepare for these podcasts? Um, no, sorry, I, I forgot to give you a warning, to be fair. Um, so I'm going to go with um, the newest chant for the Arsenal, um, which is for obviously our new, our new player Saliba, and it's to um, it's to the tune of the Champs Tequila. Mm. So I, I if you just search it up on YouTube, it is I don't know how on earth someone thought of that because it's I feel it's one of the worst songs to do a chant with because it's, it just goes on for so bloody long until you finally get to the bit where you say Saliba, but um, <laughs> somehow somehow it works. And he seems to love it as well, and see it so did the fans. So, you know what, Saliba is my is my vote for the Patricks. My vote for the Patricks is there's a Twitter account at Heroes Fan Prod, and all he's been doing recently is editing Linkin Park's <laughs> "What I've Done" <laughs> to the end of random movies and TV shows. I love that, song. and it is amazing. Uh, he did one for the Obi Wan Kenobi show, which was really funny. Uh, he's done one for like Guardians of the Galaxy, Batman Begins, The Punisher Season Two, <laughs> and um, it's amazing. I hope it becomes a really massive meme because I want to see everyone doing it. I want to see people doing it like for big football moments as well. I want to see just Lincoln Park's "What I've Done" ending everything. Aguero. <laughs> That'd be so good. If I'm gonna end the podcast with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, actually, I, I I'm very tempted to change mine actually, and I wonder if you will allow me to. But, um, I'm presuming there's make, no rules. I want to make my. Uh, I mean, I think the Saliba one could be an honourable mention. I want my Patrick to be um the fact that Reese is having a child. Um. Oh. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, I think so, and um, I I, I think you know. Fair play to him. He's he's not he's not as impotent as we thought. Um, <laughs> as we feared. As we feared, yes. <laughs> Although now 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 uh, now uh, I'm not gonna say anything. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna go for Reese's unborn child. Yeah, that's such a beautiful sentiment. I'm I'm gonna vote for Reese's unborn child as this week's Patrick. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's such. I think it's such a worthy winner, and I, I think no one can say no to this. So. No, what sort of monsters would say no to an unborn child winning an award 
that really they did nothing to serve. Absolutely. So, um, Reese's unborn child, um, we, we, we're bringing home that win for you. So, good luck, lad or ladess. I don't know what you are. It's good luck. It. Life begins at conception. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, Ben Shapiro. Jesus Christ. Um, do you want to give your plugs before you go, mate? I'd love to. Yeah, you can find uh, you can find me at Nathan Greenaway. You can find um, the excellent at Heroes Fan Prod um, there on Twitter. Go let me know which is your favourite, um, what I've done, movie ending. Um, you can find Man United winning this weekend. Um, and I, I don't know, let Anthony know, as in the player, um, not the Rogue Opinions writer. <laughs> Um, let the IX player Anthony know your your favourite hotspots in Manchester, like places he should check out. Where can he get his um, hair done? Um, so sort of what what's the best? I don't know what he eats, but what's the best eating spot for a Brazilian flying over from the Netherlands to Manchester? Um, yeah, and also everyone listening to this, send Jamie Carragher that video of him getting blanked by Ronaldo. Wow, that bash is unnecessary, <laughs> but funny. It is for me, yeah. Um, That's so unnecessary. Yeah. So, so I, I want to bring, um, I want to bring everyone's attention uh, as my plug this week for our new um, complaints Twitter accounts. If you have any complaints about rogue opinions or the podcast or anti-Semitism or racism, racism or anything, um, you can direct them at r saunders1995. Um, so that's a good thing to point out because not just the complaints about. Um, rogue opinion sort of life in general if you've got yeah. any, any complaints um our, our saunders 1995 is the place to go um it's an excellent charitable organization and there we are absolutely um everyone thank you so much for listening and i guess we'll see you next week maybe probably